Brother Bush has a special. I am a poor wayfaring stranger of traveling through this world below. There is no sickness, toil, nor danger in that bright world to which I go. I'm going there to meet my father. I'm going there no more to roam. I am just going over Jordan. I am just going over home. I know dark clouds will gather o'er me. I know my pathway's rough and steep. But golden fields lie out before me, where weary eyes no more shall weep. I'm going there to see my mother. She said she'd meet me when I come. I am just going over Jordan. I am just going over home. I want to sing salvation's story in concert with the blood-washed man. I want to wear a crown of glory when I get home to that good land. I'm going there to see my classmates who passed before me one by one. I am just going over Jordan. I am just going over home. I'll soon be free from every trial. This form will rest beneath the sod. I'll drop the cross of self-denial and enter in my home with God. I'm going there to see my Savior who shed for me His precious blood. I am just going over Jordan. I am just going over home. First Peter, chapter 1, the letter of a changed life. The letter of a changed life. There's... Uh, I tell you what, looking, we're going to just start looking at this on Sunday nights on uh, the book of First Peter, and we will take a peek at it and see. First Peter chapter one, beginning with verse one. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ 
to the strangers scattered through Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of blood of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we bow before you, I thank you for this time to share together just for a little while this evening to see in your word what you would have to speak to our hearts tonight. Dear Lord, I thank you for blessing our church. Thank you for taking care of us. In Jesus' name, amen. I was sharing with some others earlier about uh, how many churches in Ashley County have uh, 300 on a Saturday night and 200 on a Sunday morning, and which is what we had last night and then approximately this morning for worship. And which is really great that God has blessed us. Both times uh, was were both really good services. Uh, several of you were in both services, both the one last night. And, uh, and really the service last night was more laid out as a celebration. Like, uh, you know, like, you know, all the workers are like, thank the Lord it's over. But I had several parents coming to me saying, why does it have to end? And uh, so... We were. We don't tell them. We're we're kind of glad that it's ending. <laughs> we're kind of you know just it's great. This is what's great. It's great whenever you want more. Whenever you want more, and uh, so that's a really good thing with our upward ministry. And you know, and I was praying about uh, a Sunday night direction. We've just kind of been haphazard. Just, of course, any place in God's Word is a good place to go and to look at Scripture. And But I, I love series because it allows you to uh, dig down deep. It allows you to see what's ahead. It allows you to uh, really take a hold of the meat of God's Word. But... At the same time, it also, you can deal with some tough subjects in the Bible. Instead of, well, I wonder why Brother Michael uh, tackled that subject. I wonder why he did that. Well, it may be just because, uh, you know, now with a series, well, you're headed that away. And so it forces you to deal with some tough subjects in God's Word. You know, I'll tell you what I'll do is I just, we read verses 1 and 2. Uh, and let's just take a quick peek at where we're going to go. We're just going to deal with verse 1 and 2 tonight, but where we're going to go, and I, I want to read on down. So First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance, verse 4, incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. I just want to stop on verse 4 for just a second and think about this. You know, so he's saying here, the Apostle Peter is, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord. He 
has he's been abundantly merciful. And the word of, according to his abundant mercy means more than enough. Abundant means more than enough. And then a lively, lively hope means a living hope. And then it says, folks, this is what we have. Folks, just say, you know, somebody says, well, my uncle, my great uncle left me a million dollars. Wouldn't it be great if we got a letter in the mail that said your long lost uncle left you a million dollars? Wouldn't that just be awesome? You know, but guess what? We do have an inheritance. We do have an inheritance coming. Well, guess what it is? And guess where it is, excuse me. It's reserved in heaven for you. Did you know that as we keep on going, verse 5 talks about security of the believer who are kept so you're saved, you've got an inheritance, and your, your, your bank account in heaven and everything about your salvation is kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness <clears throat> through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, uh, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom... Having not seen, you love. So these people he, were write, he was writing to, Peter had seen the Lord. He had walked with the Lord and he had seen the risen Lord. But guess what? These folks had not. It says, whom having not seen, you love, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Let's, let's just talk about the writer of this book real quick. You know, and, and what I'd like to do is, is this, is, uh, let's just talk about this man named Peter. I'm going to head to, uh, Matthew chapter 14. And I just want to hold there because Peter, he, you know who he is? He is, uh, remember he, he was on, he was a fisherman. Him and his family, and uh, James and John and uh, those guys, and Peter and Andrew, his brother. Folks, first of all, Peter came to know the Lord. In John chapter 1, he said, uh, he said uh, Andrew said, come see a man. Come see a man. I have found the Messiah. He said, come meet him. And Peter met him and believed. And then he got a new name. Remember, Jesus gave Peter a new name. And then also, did you know, if Peter was a fisherman, Jesus said, you may be a fisherman, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Instead of a fisherman, a fisher of men. Uh, Matt, let's go through, and so he did all this, Matthew 14, verse 28. Just take off on it real quick. And Matt, I'm going to get mine right here. All right, here we go. In Matthew 14, 28, we're just going to go through the book of Matthew real quick. And then we're going to end in the book of Mark. Real quick, this is all about Peter. Did you know, number one, Peter is the man who walked on the water. It says in Matthew fourteen twenty-eight, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And, of course, he was kind of surprised whenever Jesus said, Hop on down out of the water. So Peter was the man that got saved, met the Lord, walked on the water. In Matthew chapter 16, 
beginning with verse 13. Matthew 16, beginning with verse 13. And as I read through this, as I read through this, I want you to know this. In a very few short verses, Peter goes from being a hero to a hill. Peter goes from being a hero to a hill. You're about to see it right in God's Word. Matthew 16, 13 says this. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom, whom do men say that I, son of man, am? And they said, verse 14, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, and some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Verse 15, he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You're the hero. Great. 100 on your test. Pop quiz. You passed. You got it right, Peter. Matter of fact, notice he brags on him in verse 17. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, if you skip down to verse 21, he becomes the heel. The heel. In verse 21, it says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised again the third day. Verse 22, uh uh-oh, Apostle Big Mouth. He's about to stick his whole, not only his foot, but his whole leg in his mouth. Sometimes he's a hero, sometimes he's a heel. And Peter took him. Imagine telling Jesus to hush. You don't know what you're talking about. And that's what Peter did. He said, you don't know what you're talking about. He began, think about it. It says he began to rebuke him. That's the wrong game plan, Lord. Be it far from thee. Verse 23. Jesus got serious right back. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. For thou savorest not the things that be of God. So, guess what? Peter goes from being a hero to a heel. Why? Yeah, he was spontaneous. (laughs) You, ever, you know anybody that's spontaneous? Uh, sometimes it works out real good. Sometimes if you have a sanguine personality, which means uh, they're, man, they're just fun, they're lovely, they're life of the party, they speak before they think. Sometimes that's fun. And sometimes it's not. <laughs> and uh, But Peter, hero in the hill, in, verse, in chapter 17, I'm not going to read, but he sees the transfigured Savior. Man, what a blessing that was in chapter 17. You go quite a few pages over to Matthew 26 and verse 51. Matthew 26 and verse 51. What does Peter do here? Famous. Draws out his sword. I'll get him one day. He was swinging. He stopped whenever Jesus said, hey, you need to put up your sword. But, of course, this verse says he drew a sword and struck a servant of the high priest. And we know, of course, who it was, Peter. And Malchus was the servant's name. Smote off his ear. Whacked it off. 
Jesus performed divine surgery and healed it, put it back on. If you skip down to verse 58, still in Matthew 26, verse 58, and this, uh uh-oh, this is the beginning of a bad time. Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest. How many people, do you know people that may be following the Lord? Maybe you're following the Lord from afar off tonight, following him from afar. And then the worst is yet to come. We're still in this same chapter, verse 74. Then he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew and Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which he said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me three times. And he went out. And wept bitterly. I wonder what that that crying is about. We know that he, I think that he, he repented. But he wasn't converted yet. Remember what Jesus told Peter later? When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now converted in that sense does not mean saved. It means when you're fully given over. When you're fully Stepping out. You're fully persuaded that your time to step up to the plate and get involved in the ball game. Most people, we come to church and we sit in the pews, we sit in the pews, we sit in the bleachers, we sit in the fan section like that study we did so long ago. But are we, we should be in the ball game. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Again, the title of this, this, these messages, this series of lessons, is The Letter of a Changed Life. The Letter of a Changed Life. Let's just deal quickly uh, back in our text, in, uh, back in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, again, to the strangers. Peter's writing a letter to the strangers scattered around this Mainly, the readership of this letter would be the Gentile readers, mainly, who were scattered all over Asia Minor, okay? Mainly Gentile readers who were under intense persecution to the strangers. You know, the Bible teaches that we're strangers in this world. We're strangers to what, to what the world believes, and so far, did you know that America is headed down a road Away from God, we're embracing every sin under the book. We're embracing homosexuality. We're embracing gambling. We're embracing pornography. We're embracing just there's no more such things as a definition of marriage anymore. And and some people refuse to bring that into their lifestyle. And folks, the darker the world and the culture gets, the brighter your light and my life should should shine. Peter was a man who said, I am fully given over to the Lord now. I'm fully given over to Him. And I want to write some things to you. And you're strangers. I want you to look at this passage. Just back up a few pages to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 9. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 9. 
It says, by faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Skip down to verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them, embraced and confessed that they were, what? Strangers. And the idea, the idea, the stranger, if I have a stranger in my town, guess what? They're not a citizen of my town. If there's a stranger in our church, guess what? That means they're not a member of our church. And if we are, you know, there's a, there's a bumper sticker that relates to a Bible verse that says, not of this world. I am not of this world. And if you're saved, you're not of this world. And we're strangers. They confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims. You know what a pilgrim is? It's somebody just passing through. They're on their way to somewhere. They're on their way to a place. We had pilgrims come over to America. <laughs> because guess where they were? They were people headed to another place. For they, Verse 14, For they, they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country, talking about Egypt, they might have had an opportunity to have returned, but now they desire a better country that is a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. And folks, so we're strangers. If we're saved, we're strangers to this old world. If this, if this, if, hey, listen, if this old world is getting to the point to where you're not, uh, this doesn't, folks, I'm, I can be around people that, that I, you can say, what, what, what do we mean preachers say they acting like the world? They're acting worldly. They're worldly. Remember, we use that phrase a lot. What does that mean when I say they're worldly or they're acting like the world or and just slipping off into the world? All those phrases we use. But it, what it is, is the culture of the world, the ideology, the thinking of the world is having a greater influence on them than the culture of the Bible, than the thinking of the Bible. So if you say, I'm being influenced by the world, it means that's having a bigger influence on you than the world's, I mean, excuse me, the Bible's influence. What has the greater influence on your life? Do you listen to God more or people more? Do, do we crave the opinions and to be, do we crave to be uh, accepted of others more and popular and people look at us favorably? Or do we crave to be, that God would be accepted of Him more and say, well, you know, it's not about what being acceptable to people, but it's about being acceptable to Jesus and accepted to Him and His way of thinking. And so that's the power of the in this letter of a changed life. Peter was living that. And as we look at verse 2 again, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. <clears throat> Let's see, where's Billy Don? At verse 2, elect according to the foreknowledge of God. We ready to deal with that one again? 
<laughs> Man, we, we've saw a similar phrase in our in his class uh, this morning. Though right here we didn't do, we're dealing with that all over again, Brother Dennis. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God. Well, let's just say this: did that God, according to this, and I, I've tried to harmonize this in my my mind. How does God know everybody? Then He picked everybody based on His foreknowledge. Well, I just believe it. I just believe it. He did it. He knew. Part of the elect. Can anybody be saved? Yep. Is God's grace for everybody? Yep. And anybody has a choice. God knows the choice they're going to make. Don't try to figure it out. It's just in the Bible. So he's describing these strangers. Number one, they are the elect because of the foreknowledge of God. Then it goes on to say that it says through sanctification of the Spirit. So we're sanctified, we're set apart by the Holy Spirit of God. Karen, I just want to share, this is kind of a cool uh, deal. I just did this extra little, this won't cost you anything extra, this is totally free. All right, head to Exodus 29.20. Karen was reading her daily Bible reading while we were on the uh, highway uh, going to uh, uh, see Brother Don and Miss Tilly in the nursing home this afternoon. And, uh, And so... And she asked me this question. She says, what about this Exodus uh, 29, 20? And, it, you know, and it says there that uh, says there is sprinkle, put blood on Aaron's ear and then put blood on his thumb and then put it on his big toe. Well, why could he do that? Because they wore sandals. <laughs> they wore sandals, you know, whether it be flip flops. And uh, why why do that? That just sounds weird. And uh, and I thought I knew, and and uh, and I said what I thought, and then I looked it up in three or four commentaries this afternoon, and what I thought was was correct. I'm so glad. Sometimes I'm not definitely, absolutely. But it says here, in looking at this, blood on the ear. Blood on the thumb and blood on a toe? You know what it was? It was showing God sanctifying Aaron that he was to be, for the things that he heard to be the words of God, and his, on his thumb the things that he did to be the work of God, and on that toe to signify his walk with God. And how many of us guard are what we hear. How many of us guard what we do? And how many of us guard the way we walk? The way we walk with God. So what we're listening to, what we're doing, and where we're walking is sanctified, is sanctified. And that verse right there for you. And it says here back in our text that we are the elect according to the foreknowledge of God through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience. The word unto has is pretty a neat word behind that word unto. The word unto literally means with reference to. With reference to obedience and sprinkled with blood. 
How did you get saved? Yeah, by the washing of the water or by the washing of the word through your life. And uh, now I want you to one final scripture. And we'll wrap it up tonight with this neat introduction. This man called Peter. But I want you to head to Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I'll never forget the illustration one time. Brother Don McCormick shared with us, he said, he said there's some things in God's Word, preachers. He was talking to all us young whippersnapper preachers, all of us in our uh, teens or, or 20s. And he was preaching to us, and it was all in that little bitty classroom. And he said, there are some things in God's Word that you just have to accept by faith. You may not understand it. He said, how can you tell me if you can explain how a brown cow can eat green grass and brown hay and clear water and make white milk? Then you can tell me how the things in God's Word work. I said, well, I, at that time, I sure didn't know how a cow could do that. So I just said, you know what, Brother Don, you're right. I just got to accept it by faith. Now tell me how that you can be black with sin and be washed in red blood and come out as white as snow. Well, here it says, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be what? As white as snow. Folks, this letter of a changed life is, uh, is what we need in our churches today. Our changed lives. A lot of times people are, you know, if they, if, if a lot of times people that say they're saved but don't act like they're saved, uh, it may be some change needs to take place. First Peter's about change. It's about a changed man writing to changed people, wanting them to keep changing for the Lord, not for the world. For the Lord. And it's about and he was changed. His second book of Second Peter follows some of the same things. There's sure there's persecution and trials, but he said, folks, whenever those persecutions and trials happen, when tough times hit, it ought to make your Christianity be brighter, not dimmer. When, when folks, when tough times hit your life and, and the world throws you a curveball and tragedy strikes and sin comes between you and God. Hit your knees and say, Lord, thank you for saving me. Forgive me. Let me be your servant today. I want to be a changed person and live a changed life. And that ought to be the theme for us as we prepare for a hymn of invitation. May we go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for just letting us see a, a glimpse of, of Apostle Peter as he went through this life and how that he did have some struggles and he did have some ups and downs and 
He had some tough times. And that's just like many of us in here in this room tonight, dear Lord, that we have tough times and we have struggles. And dear Lord, just let us see how that he turned and he made a change. And dear Lord, if we need to make a change tonight, let us make that change. Let's make that turn and turn to you. In Jesus' name, amen.